Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Young Buck, Blake Elliott, who's fan phenom winner and hanging out for me with me on this evening and tomorrow as well. You'll be in here tomorrow uh, as we continue to get right through this week. But, uh, obviously, your Cowboys take on the... The, the Carolina Panthers, I almost forgot where they play. The Carolina Panthers this weekend you. on Sunday. And um, look, man, what am I going to tell you? I'm not going to pretend like this is going to be – I'm not going to pretend like this is going to be the biggest challenge in the world. This is a Carolina Panthers team that is 1-8 and eight, um, this year. They obviously had the number one overall pick in Bryce Young, and he hasn't looked incredible. In fact, this week we found out that Frank Reich, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, who had previously been a play caller and obviously um, has had a lot of good uh, – a lot of good results being the play caller um, over his tenure as a coach. He had you know, hired Thomas Brown away from the Los Angeles Rams to be the offense coordinator, giving him the uh, play call responsibilities. He said this week against the Cowboys, he's taking those play call responsibilities back. That's indicative of some, some issues that they've had. So this is obviously not going to be the biggest challenge for a Cowboys team that looks to be humming right now. However, what challenges do we maybe anticipate from these Panthers in this game? Again, the number is 877-881-1053. So I love that you brought that up because obviously this isn't the biggest nationally televised game that's going to be on this week. Although, Cowboys fans, you have a lot to be looking forward to in this game for the playoff push. So the the Carolina Panthers are one of the better teams at defending the pass, actually, this year. They rank kind of in the middle of the road, above average against the pass. I got a stat up here for you. So against the pass, they are 12th in opponent's yards per throw and 14th in opponent drop back EPA. So the the Dallas Cowboys are a very pass-happy team, air raid team, if you've had your eyes on them this year. Now, I don't think they came into the season like that because we, we heard the entire coaching staff, especially McCarthy, put an emphasis on running the football. Unfortunately... We've seen this year Tony Pollard hasn't been able to, how do you say it, find the holes as, as well as we'd like to see this year. We've seen the kind of complimentary football with Rico Dotto in there. So, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get that running attack and going. But this is the week that I think it really could because what if I told you the Carolina Panthers are the absolute bottom of the barrel when it comes to rush EPA per play? 0.071 EPA per play. So they are the worst rush defense in the entire league. And does that not bode well for a Cowboys team who is struggling to run the ball as the week 
looks like this, they could get it to turn around. Yeah, I mean, efficiency-wise, you're right. This is quite literally the worst rush defense in the league. Again, efficiency-wise, you mentioned EPA per play. And it's not even that they're the simply the worst 32nd in the league, but also it's a big gap between them and 31 when it comes to that efficiency. They've had a lot of struggles in blocking up against this cow or against any rushing attack. So that's one thing that you really hope can be some level of a get right game or a get righter game after what was uh, this game last week against the New York Giants. So you imagine that that will be helpful. Um, we get uh, real quick. I got to take a pause on talk this conversation to me. Talk because to me. We, we will continue to talk about the Panthers here. But I know the people are dying to know the Panthers outlook. <laughs> we, 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 we already talked about we already talked about your um, drinking this uh, Red Bull. Oh, what are they saying? And you said it was a sugar free Red Bull. It is. Uh, Where's the camera? On the truckwreck.com text line. The camera's not on you in this moment. Uh-oh. You got to figure that out. Don't Uh-oh. worry about it. Uh, we'll get that together. But however, someone mentioned from the 469, zero sugar is healthier because sugar can kill you. That's nonsense. From there the 801, enjoy the kidney stones with that Red Bull. There you go. Uh, from the 817, the sugar's not even the bad part of the Red Bulls. Uh, 214, all Red Bulls are bad for you, bro. Uh, it just just keeps they're, going and they're going. They're just going. It's okay. It's there's okay. A, there's a lot of people that are look, trying to look out for you, Blake. Again, how old are you? 24. So what's an alternative for getting that little spike that if it's not going to be energy drinks? I'm actually not a big energy drink guy, like really never in my life. Honestly, the past two days have been the first two days oh, I've done Oh, wow. It. So this is the gateway. The, <laughs> the get right is the gateway drug for you right now. Oh, that's not good to find <laughs> when, out. When you, when you put it like that, you know, I just want to make sure that the energy is at an all-time here with the get right. And the the mon- it was a purple monster yesterday, which I don't even what what flavor is purple? I don't know. It looked the coolest in the vending machine oh, okay, when I fantastic. was down there. And then this one, I feel I feel like the colors play an affinity to your thought process. Light blue, blue in general is a sense of comfortability. And the light blue to me, I love the color. It looked good. It said sugar free. So in the moment, it caught my eyes, and I'm drinking it. It's almost gone. This is one of the bigger cans. Yes, yeah, it's, it's too late at this point. That's 12, uh, 12 you're ounces. down those. Well, for one, someone said uh. Drink, drink some uh, C4, five-hour energy. Again, I think we're all in the same place. Someone else said, like, uh, a cup of black coffee. Oh, too, sh- too young for that. I'm sure that sounds great. Uh, or you could just watch the Cowboys play against um, the Giants and what I imagine is going to happen against this, these Panthers, right? This, this Panthers defense, however, is not a, is not a terrible defense. Yep. They've actually been uh, decent. I think they're sixth, ranked sixth. Mm-hmm. They're ranked seventh on yards per game. Yeah. Uh, when it, yards per game allowed, mind you, uh, 13th yards per play. So, like, this is an above-average defense, all things considered. However, this this Dallas offense has found their stride, particularly of late. Over the course of the season, they're averaging 29.9 points per game, which is good for second, and they're fourth in yards per game. And that does not even consider the ways in which, over the last three weeks to a month, they have been turning this thing up to a whole different level. Now, the Panthers are bringing back Brian Burns, the linebacker, and maybe most importantly, they're bringing back J.C. Horn. Um, who is a cornerback that we should all be familiar with because there was a couple seasons ago where you were looking to draft a cornerback, and that was one of the names that you were looking at out of South Carolina, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, J.C. Horn has been had some injuries uh, over the little bit last uh, – actually, he's only played one game this year, so he's missed quite a bit of time. He came back. He's coming back, rather, this week. And so that is a really good cornerback. However, I think one of the beautiful things about the last three games for your Cowboys is you go, all right, who are you putting him on, Right. Go ahead and put him on CeeDee Lamb, see if we don't spread the ball around, or if he still doesn't do this against you because CeeDee Lamb has been playing at an elite level of late. See, that that's my question. Um, what What is the Cowboys' focus out of getting there? Because I don't think a win is going to suffice in the Cowboys' front office or, oh. just, Cow- or just even Cowboy, Cowboy Nation. I think if we win, let's say, 27 to 13, which is kind of where I think the score will be around, I think it will be a little bit low, lower scoring game. The over-unders, I believe, at 42 and a half. 
do, do we want to see the ball spread around to to the guys that we've been seeing? The Brooks, we get signed to Martavis Bryant. We'll see if he gets some some play time this week. Because I don't know if just getting a win is going to be enough tonight. I think getting that running game going, like I said earlier, and getting some of those other guys involved, like Dak has been doing, that continued success against, like you said, a nice Panther secondary. I mean, I ain't say all that about the Panthers. But look, honestly, it's, it's what, a strong point of their defense. When, when it comes down to this, it's I think that there's two different um, groups of folks that you're talking about. When you talk about the Cowboys front office, they want the win. Yep. More than anything, get a win, and more importantly, get out healthy if you can, right? Those are those are the things that matter the most when it comes to that organization. When it comes to everybody else out here, no, no, style points are going to matter here because the conversations get real nasty if you do not handle your business against teams that you, you are perceived to be significantly better at. And that's what where you are this week, right? You are perceived to be significantly better than the Carolina Panthers. And so you do need to do a little bit of style points and then also – this needs to continue to build, right? And again, when I say needs, I think this is all narrative. Ultimately, if you get out with the win and you're healthy, you live to fight another day. It's cool. But I think that when it comes down to giving folks confidence in what you're doing and your ability to maybe turn that over to something else that's happening uh, later in the season when these games really matter to a big uh, to a big degree when we're talking about playing some of the better teams, like once you rematch with the Eagles, when we talk about once you get to the playoffs, because I do, obviously, I feel comfortable saying that they will make the playoffs. I'm not knocking on no wood if you feel that superstitious. I don't know what to do with you. Um, wood was knocked. That was not. That's not wood. What is this? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. We'll find out at some point. But, um, yeah, no, th- I think that you do need, for everybody else, you need to continue some of the, the good things that you've seen, some of the good developments. I'm talking about getting players at, you know, active, making sure that Brandon Cooks remains active and that's not a one-off, making sure that you continue to feed C.D. Lamb. And then also, in that same way, trying to get uh, Tony Pollard and this run game in general going. Now, when it comes down to it, one of the things I saw mentioned earlier on on the truckwreck.com text line, when it comes to the things that this uh, this cow, or sorry, this uh, Carolina Panthers team, the challenges that they could pose. Look, man, the quarterback Bryce Young has not played particularly well. However, he is one of these little shifty guys in theory. Right, and that can pose a problem, right? We've seen, you know, running quarterbacks give this defense a little bit of a little bit of uh, issues. I, I think it poses even a bigger problem because of what we just saw happen earlier in the week with having a guy like Leighton going down. You don't have that leader on the defense that can kind of notice trends and differences of kind of what the quarterback's going to be doing out there. So we have a lot of young guys out in that linebacking core. We got Micah Parsons, kind of he played the most off off the uh, line of scrimmage that he has all year last game playing over 10 snaps off the ball. As you saw, he was one of the only defensive players that didn't record anything in the box box score last game, which as a Cowboys fan, I don't really mind. Now, obviously, it's going to hurt his defensive player of the year campaign, but it'll be interesting to see kind of, like you said, how they adapt to one of these shifty quarterbacks because we have struggled in the past with guys that can move outside the pocket and and kind of move the ball around in, in the flats and whatnot. And I want I want to emphasize that I, I don't think Bryce Young's a bad quarterback. I think he's in a terrible situation, as we've seen head coach, OC, play caller, switching all around. They have the 31st worst-ranked O-line. I wouldn't say he really has that many weapons. Adam Thielen's been solid this year, had a hot start. But don't be surprised if the, if the Panthers have circled this game. They're, they're coming off a mini-bye week. You, they wouldn't want nothing more than to emphasize a win against the Dallas Cowboys and validate Bryce Young being that number one pick and having something to move forward to. So I don't think they're just chalking this game up as an L. So I don't want to say the word trap game, but I would be I would be 
weary of the Cowboys playing down to their competition, which they haven't done this year, but they have done in the past years. Yeah, and you, I mean, you kind of laid out the reason why I would not be weary of that in particular. Um, and then also the idea that they've circled this game, that's fine, but the fact of the matter is that they have not been good enough to to make whatever circling uh still the there. NFL still any anybody sure. any Sunday I mean that cliche is fine and we can say that just to cover our bases however one of the things that we do have to talk about when we talk about Bryce Young they've taken and he, he in particular has taken 32 sacks which is 28th worst when it comes to uh playing in this league that's not good for this particular defensive line that you're facing off against against the in these Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys should get after him pretty well and the thing that is interesting is the Cowboys like blitzing um they actually blitz fairly uh, fairly well top five I believe yes actually fourth when it comes to blitz percentage um Bryce Young is actually better against the blitz I'm glad you brought that up I was thinking the exact same thing however with that being the case that's better than flat out bad when it comes to pressure so again that maybe does pose some level of threat if you get too blitzy blitz happy but I imagine you could probably get pressure with four to begin with and I'm I look. You talked about the linebacker play, and I understand Leighton Van Der Esch is not playing here, and he has not played for the last month. Um, Demone Clark has played very well, and I've been very impressed with the way that Marquise Bell has played at linebacker. And so I'm not concerned about them. And there's veteran play outside of those guys. You've got really great safeties. You got really great um, when it comes to veterans on this defense that can still diagnose and see what's happening. And so. Um, when it, when it was Frank Wright calling the plays for the for the Panthers, whether it was uh, Thomas Brown calling the plays for the Panthers, they have not. They've had similar um, similar results, and they have not been good for these Carolina Panthers. So I'm I'm not really concerned about them. Adam Thielen is their best wide receiver, maybe you could say their only wide receiver, and he is not the same Adam Thielen of old. That's offensively, defensively. This Cowboys offense has been clicking in such a way where. If the run game gets going, it's a plus, but I anticipate that they'll be able to throw all over this team. I, I'm seeing no real no real problems, no real issues when it comes to this Carolina Panthers team in this game. So I, I think it's safe to say that the Cowboys defense will have little to no issues with this Panthers offense that struggled all year long. My my question for the text line and for you, Reg, is what what would be a what outcome from the offense would not make you happy leaving this game? Would it be Certain players not getting involved, certain amount of Dak not doing maybe what he did against the Giants, or is, like you said, as long as we get out healthy and we get a win, I'll be happy. Well, one of the things that this team has had, and this isn't specific to Dak, but I think you'll see what I mean when I bring this back around, is there, there's been some instances where it hasn't been clean, like penalties is one of those things that comes up consistently from the head coach, Mike McCarthy, and that we've seen you know just consistently. We, we need this team to be cleaner when it comes to penalties and then also making sure that you win the turnover battle. And so one of the, one of the big concerns that's been there over the last couple of seasons, even though he's been very good at it is turnovers. And last week you had the really bad uh, interception from Dak Prescott, where he just kind of does not see uh, the defender for the giants peel off for his receiver and then go and pick the ball. And those are the things that you could, you're concerned about when you see Dak Prescott at times, but um, if you start seeing turnovers, particularly against a defense like this, I think that that is something that you'd be concerned about. I think that'd be the real thing that scared me more than anything. But other than that, and honestly, it's all situational because some interceptions are just going to happen when you're throwing the football. Um, if it's if it's a bad interception, another really bad interception, then I have concern. Otherwise, I think you let your, you let your man play, and hopefully, you've seen uh, number ten Cooper Rush quarterback quarterbacking by the fourth quarter. 
Yeah, I think you put it perfectly. The The only way that this game gets somewhat close or even as a debate, even towards halftime, is if you lose a turnover battle. And I'm glad you brought up Dak Prescott's turnovers because when I was doing a little bit of research throughout the week, come to find Dak Prescott leads the league, or I guess you could say is actually the best at it, and turnover worthy plays at 1.9%. Only Which has seven fewest. of them. Fewest. Yeah. Only has seven of them. And I know the popular narrative is that Dak throws interceptions, fumbles, doesn't make the right decisions. And obviously, he's been a lot better this year, but he's been really good this year. Zero fumbles, has the six interceptions, and that's going to be the only one other play that was an interception, the turnover worthy play. But he's been making all the right decisions, decisions this year and getting it, spreading the ball around, finding his tight ends in the flats feeding the ball to his number one wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb, finding Brandon Cooks across the middle. So I think the way that he's been kind of clicking with the offense, I don't see the Panthers posing any stop to that. But like we said, they they don't have the worst pass defense in the league. So it'll be interesting to see how it kind of comes about. Uh, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up, so let's, let's chat with John Machado of The Athletic a little bit more about this Cowboys-Panthers game. We'll do it next on The Fan. We appreciate you rocking with us right here on 105.3 The Fan. Thursday night football on uh, Amazon Prime. It's Bengals and Ravens. They're you know, still tied at zero. It's early on, but apparently Mark Andrews down on the field. Uh, we'll get you updates on what's happening there uh, as the night continues. But right now, we go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill hotline, talk to a friend of the program. He covers the Cowboys for The Athletic, and his name is John Mashoda. Johnny Matches, what's happening, man? Not much. What's going on with you guys? Not very much. We're sitting here doing a program, enjoying uh, enjoying uh, some actually good Thursday night football. What was the last time that you, you saw a Thursday night football game that you felt like you were absolutely going to enjoy to the same level of what the hype is on this one? Oh, I- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. can't even think of one, to be honest with you. It's been a while. I, I, I mean, I go back to that Cowboys game. The last one that I remember they went to Tennessee last year, and that's when Josh Dodd started for the Titans. And I, you felt going in just because of the trend of Thursday night games was going to be terrible. And it was terrible. So uh, it's been it's been a while. Let's say that. Hey, John, I just wanted to introduce myself. Blake Elliott, I look to get forward to knowing you a little bit better. How are you feeling so far over there? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, looking forward to, to going to Charlotte on Sunday and uh, I don't know, see if see if these Cowboys can blow another team out that they should. They should they should handle business over there. They should they should take care of it. Are are you are you thinking this could be a possible trap game or are you not too worried about this game at all? 
I, I really don't. I really don't think it will be. Now, if I had talked to you guys right before the Cardinals game <laughs> in week three, I probably would have said the same thing. I didn't think there was any way they would lose that game. And I see similarities between those two where you could kind of sleep on this team, um, both environments, whether you talk about in Arizona or this game uh, in Carolina will be pretty, pretty good Cowboys crowd. So you don't, you don't really think of the, you know, the home crowd advantage being an issue with this, but I just think where this team is at offensively, they won't allow it to happen. I just think they'll put up too many points. I, I think they put up at least 30, and I just see a Carolina team that I, I just don't see them putting up more than maybe two touchdowns against this team. And that's, I mean, that's if the Cowboys just kind of play okay. So I would be surprised if this game was close, and I would be absolutely stunned if the Cowboys lost this game. Right, and in trying to figure out, you know, what the ways in which it could possibly even get to be a trap game, we've been kind of looking at what the Carolina Panthers might pose as any level of threat. What's the best threat that this Carolina team poses right now? Yeah, it's a good question because, you know, it's a defense that they really don't give up a ton of yards, but in, in scoring defense, I mean, they're allowing, I think it's like 27, 28 points per game, and they don't really take the ball away. I think they've only got seven takeaways this year, which is tied for last in the league. And so I just don't see it getting done on defense. It would have to be the offense just kind of – I don't know, sleepwalk through this thing. And Bryce Young plays kind of like, uh, oh, I don't know, Bryce Young did the very last time that <laughs> he played Georgia. I mean, I'm, as I'm, I'm almost, I'm, a, I'm 99.9% positive that he's the last quarterback to beat Georgia. It's been a while here. So uh, he would have to play like that. You know, that it was, I, I tweeted out this clip uh, yesterday that right after the draft, the Cowboys put together this, this really good YouTube video uh, well, it's actually one of their shows on their website, but they, they posted on YouTube. And it was just like the behind the scenes of their draft process. And the focus was on how they ended up picking Mozzie Smith and then also landing on Deuce Vaughn in the sixth. But one of the key parts of that video is for about two or three minutes, they break down what they think of Bryce Young uh, just going around the room, knowing they can put that video out because they were never going to be in position to draft Bryce Young and they didn't need a quarterback. But it was interesting. I mean, there's scouts comparing him to being like Steph Curry and, you know, Mike McCarthy saying in the in the room when they went around that he checked every box the only thing you can you can really ding him on is, is just him being you know a little short for what you'd look at as a prototypical NFL quarterback but the, the, all the tools are there so for them to have an upset Bryce Young would just have to have just a, a phenomenal game where he throws for you know three or four touchdowns and and I, I just I just don't see that happening with this Carolina team yeah I mean it, it, that that's fair especially the way that they played thus far it hasn't looked all that great for Bryce Young how do you evaluate his play thus far the, the way that the situation is is it, is it him do you feel like he's ruining it for short guys now like how do you view this right now <laughs> no I'm I'm very I judge guys on uh, much bigger sample size. So I, I don't really fit the narrative for the national TV talk where I feel like every week they're re-ranking the quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> um, if if anything, I'm, I'm one of the people that you'd criticize that I actually like, um, you have to show me a bigger window before I'll, I'll judge you harshly. And then the flip side of that is I won't go all of a sudden and crown C.J. Stroud as the top five quarterback in the league after half of an NFL season, you know, and a lot of people will do that, which is fine. Everybody has different way. I just I need to see a bigger sample size because you see in this league how great it is in terms of teams will adjust so quickly and just seeing what you did on tape and, and take away whatever your strengths are. 
I just look at this Carolina team and I go, are, are there really the weapons? Is this really the team that you're going to judge this young kid on? I, I just think that that would be extremely short-sighted. So um, I, I think it's more of the situation he's in. I think he, if he was put in a different situation, I think you'd have see him having a little bit more success. But let's be honest, that's the NFL. You know, it's not college football where the best players go to the best schools and they keep reloading. The NFL, if you're one of the best players, you're going to one of the worst teams. And, 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 and so I think about that with Bryce Young, but I also think about that with next year's class with Caleb Williams and Drake May that, you know, they might go to some bad situations. And, and I don't know that you can really just judge a guy off of a half a season and say, yeah, no, he wasn't the guy I thought he was going in the draft. I still think Bryce Young is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. John, this Cowboys offense has been rolling. Despite that, the one weak point that I've noticed in many fans has been the run game. When going against a Panthers team who is one of the worst, if not the worst, rush defense, how much of an emphasis do you think it's going to be this week to get the run game going? It'll be huge, and, and, and that's something that the Cowboys are, are missing a little bit on offense. You saw some of it against the Giants, and part of that being the Giants are in a similar boat as the Panthers. Not a very good team, not a very good run defense. So it makes sense to do that. And it, it was interesting to see how well Rico Dowdle ran. You know, and, and Mike McCarthy's press conference today, and he was asked about getting Dowdle more touches. You know, he want, he said he wants to get him touches, but he's going to see how the game unfolds and that, you know, the number one focus is still on Tony Pollard. It's not, you know, I know some people want to act like Rico Dowdle's passed him and, and he should be getting the bulk of the carries. The Cowboys aren't, they don't feel that way. Tony Pollard is their lead guy, um, but they would love to see Rico Dowdle build on what he did uh, against the Giants. I think he averaged six and a half yards a carry. So um, the run game will be huge, no question. Um, to get through the game, uh, to keep the clock running, uh, keep the team as, as healthy as possible. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to do that. And then also just the fact of, you know, that's the only thing that's missing on this team right now. You know, I, I feel defensively, uh, yeah, their run defense could be a little bit better, but I do think that as the season goes along, they'll get better in that area. Um, but offensively, I think the offensive passing game is starting to click. It's that run game they got to get going. And so to go back-to-back weeks against that Giants run defense and now this Panthers, yeah, it makes total sense to try, try and do that again this week and, and build some confidence off of it. Speaking of getting guys touches, we saw flashes of Jalen Brooks last week, and he was flashing all over our screen. And then obviously they made the sign of Martavis Bryant. How much of those guys do you see getting involved maybe in practice or even up in this upcoming game? Where do you see those guys in the game plan? It's funny because I know fans want to see Martavis Bryant bad. I mean, he's got the size. He looks the part. Um, I tweeted out a picture today of him uh, at practice just kind of stretching and uh, I just thought it was funny because somebody commented about how, you know, people will say, like, uh, you know, you're, you're in the car with your parents and they're like, oh, I want to go to this restaurant or whatever like that. And they'll be like, you don't need that. We have that at home. Yep, <laughs> Someone yep. said in the comments, they're like, we don't need Devontae Adams. We have Devontae Adams at home because he's obviously wearing 17. I wouldn't put Martavis Bryant in that level. Uh, I don't think that he'll make that type of an impact this year. But it is something where I'm looking forward to seeing at what point in this season will they feel comfortable going, you know what? Let's let's move, let's make Martavis Bryant active for a game. I don't think they're there yet. And talking to him last week in the locker room, I, you know, he says he's in, in in really good shape, but there's a difference between being in good shape and in football shape. And so because of that, I think he's still got a little ways to go. Um, so I think Jalen Brooks would be a guy to look to. That yeah, maybe he builds a little bit on what he did against the Giants as well. Um, but I, again, even with that, I think the Cowboys have to really be rolling. I think they would they prefer to keep CD going and Brandon Cooks and Tolbert and Gallup before it gets to Jalen Brooks. But no, there's there's no question they think highly of Jalen Brooks and what he could be going forward.
We're talking to John Mashota of The Athletic right here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. And, John, uh, when it comes to this defense, obviously the Leighton Van Der Esch news this week really you know, changes some things because I'm sure this team and this defense was anticipating getting his particular level of expertise and, honestly, that depth back at linebacker. How do you foresee them kind of handling this? Obviously, understanding that Damone Clark and Marquise Bell are going to be your, you know, your, your starters, your starters at linebacker, but depth matters in a, in what I like to call the car crash sport. Yeah, for sure. That's and, and it is a car crash. It's, to me, it's uh, as dangerous as any position there is in sports is playing linebacker. And uh, just covering the Cowboys, you know, I, I've definitely covered a few linebackers that, uh, you know, I felt like their careers didn't get to the height that they probably should have just because it's such a dangerous position you're always dealing with injuries and so because of that uh, you're constantly looking for for players to help in that position I think Rashawn Evans is you know a guy that is probably your number one depth piece there Uh, he continues to get you know more and more work as he gets caught up uh, you know with this with this you know after joining this team but you know that's the thing like they really need Leighton Vander Esch because of not just him on the field, but the fact that it adds depth to a position that really going into the season we knew wasn't going to be great in the depth department. It couldn't really afford an injury like this. Surprisingly, though, I mean, Marquise Bell is just, I mean, I guess it all depends on what you thought of Marquise Bell coming out of training camp because he had a really good camp. But I've seen a lot of players have a really good camp, and then once the season starts, you don't hear from them very much. And Marquise Bell, just every time he gets out there, it seems like, he shows that it's not too big for him and that he, you know, deserves to be out there playing. And, and I just – I didn't foresee that from him just because the linebacker position, he's a, he's a safety. It seems like he's a little undersized. And, and I mean, he, to me, he's been the biggest surprise on the team through the first half of the season. And, uh, you know, in, in the previous years when Leighton Vanderish has gotten hurt, there's always been – you felt that, that, man, there's a significant drop-off at linebacker. They're in trouble. They need Leighton back immediately. And Marquise Bell is, is is answered the bell. I mean, he has really he has really done something that I didn't I did not expect at all. And and I and really why you know you heard some of those rumors going into the trade deadline that yeah maybe linebacker is something they would add, but they really haven't needed it as long as Damone Clark and Bell stay healthy, they'll be okay. But if they lose another linebacker, I mean, they could be in trouble at that position. Um, John, what is the biggest takeaway that you're trying to get from this game? I know this could be kind of swept under the rug as just another mid-November game obviously playing a struggling Carolina team, but what do you think Cowboys fans should take away from this game that you're looking forward to the most? Well, number one is getting through the game without any injuries. I think that's, that's your biggest one. You want to, you want to get through this game uh, just like the Giants game. If you could just have a complete copy of a game, it would be that Giants game for sure. Just because uh, you got a lot of guys involved, Mozzie Smith, Sam Williams, as you mentioned, Jalen Brooks, Rico Dowdle to be able to build on that, get some of those same guys, some more reps, help them build up some more confidence in their play. I think that would be huge. I mean, cause there's just so many key players in this team that, you know, what you have, you know, the Dax and Micah Parsons and, and CD Lambs. Like you don't really need to see a ton from them in this game. You, I mean, for me, I'm already looking forward to the rematch against the Eagles and you want to be as healthy as possible going into something like that. And so if you can get through this game without any major injuries, take care of business, uh, like they did against the Giants, um, I think that's the number one thing that you're looking for. But hey, and in that process, if CD Lamb wants to, you know, catch 10 plus balls and go over 150 yards again, I'm sure everybody will be fine with that too. Machota, one thing when we go back to the run game, obviously there's been a lot of people pining for Zeke as the big back, but you have a fullback who seemed to, at least in the preseason, I understand all the disclaimers we could put on the preseason and Hunter Lipke that seemed to tote the ball pretty well in those situations. 
Have you gotten any insight into kind of why they haven't used him in this in those ways thus far? Yeah, I don't know. If my, you know, it's not something that I would say is asked a lot about. Um, I would think that maybe some of the matchups has something to do with. The other part of it is just um, I think that they just want to continue to get more touches for, for Tony and Rico and, and try and build a rhythm with those guys. But I will say this, it would not surprise me if out of nowhere all of a sudden, you know, you see like a Hunter Lipke be a little bit more involved in one game as opposed to, you know, what he's done in previous games just as kind of a uh, kind of a switch up to kind of catch a team off guard. Uh, that would not surprise me at all, especially with Mike McCarthy's histories with uh, fullbacks in Green Bay. So um, I, I know that they like him. I, I know that they're happy to, that he's on the team and that they have different ways they can use him. He, he's a pretty solid pass catcher, too. Um, but I just think that they haven't they've they've been more concerned about getting, you know, the the passing game going, getting Dak's confidence where it is right now in, in, in the new offense. Um, and it just hasn't gotten to that point yet. But it would not surprise me if all of a sudden we're sitting here, one of these games coming up, who knows, maybe it's the Eagles game, maybe it's against Seattle where all of a sudden they use him in a couple of, of packages and they get him the ball and, and maybe makes a big play or two. But I haven't gotten any uh, indication that that's, that that's, you know, on the horizon. John, I appreciate you a lot. Um, and that does seem the way, like the way that McCarthy has been treating this, just kind of switch it up on us as time goes, hasn't he? Um, but real quick before we go, I know you're a Florida State fan. And as we get deeper into this season, they're now in that top four situation. What's your confidence level when it comes to the, the Florida State Seminoles at this point? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty confident. Um, so before the season started, uh, I got tickets to go to the game at Florida. Uh, so that's going to be the day after, well, two days after Thanksgiving. So I'm going to the swamp for the first time, and I'm a little nervous because they just announced that it's a, it's going to be a night game. So uh, I've, I've heard that that can be a uh, pretty intimidating place. Um, but you know, Florida State, this is the best team they've had in the last probably seven years. So I'm pretty confident. But it's college football, man. You know, outside of Georgia, I think that anybody's really there for the taking. So um, I, I check. Uh, I check the Vegas lines quite often on, uh, you know, what the odds are most likely to make the college football playoff. And for the last few weeks, Florida State's been the most likely team. So hopefully Vegas knows something. Yeah, hopefully they do. Um, that's Johnny Machota. John Machota, let's be official. Um, he covers the Cowboys for the Athletic. We appreciate you very much, my man. Anytime, boys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, how'd sir. that, how'd that nice feel, Blake? It felt great, man. Got to meet a legend in the making, learn some things. So sets yeah. sets the show up for greatness. You're, you're, I mean, you're getting some getting some uh, reps under your under your belt, right? Come getting on. getting some feel. Uh, how about we get some more reps as we go around the NFL, where uh, Carissa Thompson makes a pretty shocking admission, and uh, Ryan Tannehill says he wants out. We'll discuss that next on 105 through the fan. It's the get right on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers. 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula hanging out with you on this. Thursday evening alongside the fan phenom winner, Blake Elliott. Talk to me. Come on. Let's run it up. Appreciate Chris Strong <laughs> nice on the ones and twos. Um, and appreciate you rocking with us right here on 105 Through the Fan. However you're listening on the twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Dallas Fan Cam, YouTube 105.3, and, of course, truckwreck.com text line where you can always get involved with the program, 877-881-1053. Chris, let's go around the NFL and the get right where we're keeping up with Thursday night football. The Ravens currently lead the Cincinnati Bengals 7-3 to as they play at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Um, Joe Burrow coming into this game. 
funny enough, there was kind of a video that came from the Bengals' uh, Twitter account that seemed to possibly show uh, Joe Burrow maybe nursing nursing, uh, injury on his hand. Um, So, like, eagle-eyed observers noticed that Burrow was wearing some sort of brace or sleeve on his throwing hand. And so uh, Caleb Noe of uh, WCPO9 uh, captured it. And so that kind of made its way around the internet, got some speculation going all all through the day today. Well, it's not going to matter because right now they can't even really get a playoff. They're really, like you said, missing T. Higgins out there. And not even just to catch passes, but just being ready and knowing where to be on the line of scrimmage for a play to be called. We just saw Joe Burrow have to call a second timeout still in the first quarter because guys don't know how to line up or where they're supposed to be. So already seeing kind of a little bit of a sloppy game here in Baltimore. Uh, there's that, but I mean, there's also something to remember that Baltimore is not an easy place to play. Not at all. It gets loud, but I mean, that's a division game. I feel like you should probably know that uh, if you're the Bengals. So, you know, that that's kind of problematic, and I believe some of that is because you don't have T. Higgins in this contest. But as I said, there's about four minutes to go in the first quarter. Seven to three is the score in favor of the Ravens as they have they have the uh, they have the ball right now. Score for your for the Baltimore Ravens. They call him the Gus Bus, Gus Edwards. Gussie has a rushing touchdown in this one. Um, Zay Flowers with a big 33-yard reception as well. Those like, ra- those Ravens every week have a different running back that goes off. One week it's Gus. One next next one it's Keaton Mitchell. So number one rushing attack in the NFL for a reason, and obviously spearheaded by their great quarterback in the MVP conversation, L. Jack. Yeah, and also Mark Andrews seemed to have an injury in this one. So we'll keep you up to date. As to what's happening in Baltimore, but uh, earlier t- uh, earlier this week, rather uh, as we continue around the NFL, Carissa Thompson, who works for uh, Fox Sports, sometimes does some sideline work as well as uh, doing some studio things. Uh, she got on the Pardon My Take podcast, and she, she didn't pardon her take. <laughs> no, she 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 uh, let go of some information that a lot of people found kind of puzzling. And I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because, A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop. Uh, hurting ourselves we needed to be better on third down we yep. need to stop turning the ball Pressure over the quarterback we need, yeah exactly <laughs> and and do a better job of getting off the field like they're not going to correct me on that right. so i'm like it's fine i'll it, just make up the report Ooh, spicy spicy you can't see i don't have a problem with it being done because you got to get get your job done but i don't know if i'm gonna go out on the part of my take inter or interview and just kind of let that out because I think if you're doing a guy like Coach Reed or a seasoned vet, I don't think they really care to give their little two cents. But it, if you have a first-year coach and you go and say something that's incorrect and then a false narrative gets spread about you saying X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z aren't executed, then it looks bad. But it, it's just a tricky situation because this kind of came out of nowhere. She just decided to leak this information out. Well, I mean, as she said in the clip there, she has discussed this before. She was on uh, her podcast with Aaron Andrews nearly two years ago and uh, let this be known. I do see an issue with this, and I'm also very cognizant of there's a lot of folks in media that try and talk about media as if it's the most important thing in the world. And, you know, understand, like, I understand there's a lot of other things that can be wildly way more important. And also within the space of media. Sports is not the most important thing. There are other things that, uh, that are reported on that are significantly more important. However, the reason why I view this as some level of issue is it doesn't matter if she gets it wrong. 
right? The fact of the matter is you making things up opens up the, the possibility or the, the impression of uh, impropriety, and that affects your trustworthiness, right? It affects the ability of folks to be able to trust you and particularly letting it be known, right? Obviously, doing it in and of itself is probably wrong. I'm surprised. I don't understand what, why she went out here and decided to Keefe D herself. I don't even know, do you know who Keefe D is? I do not. Okay, fantastic. I hope someone out there appreciated that reference as Keefe D is a dude who uh, Las Vegas PD just uh, hemmed up on the Tupac murder charges, although for like oh, the yes, last, yes, 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 last yes, decade yes, yes, he's been yes. talking about it okay. on podcasts and stuff. No, I didn't. Right, I right. just didn't know the name. Right, right. right. She got out it. here uh, dry snitching on herself. But uh, th- this is something where, man, I've always found it kind of weird, the spaces where reporters and like true capital J journalists, kind of the line between that and just broadcaster media has kind of blurred. Blurred. And this is why when people are like, oh, you're a sports radio or sports journalist. I'm, I'm not a journalist. However, because like journalism carries a certain level of integrity and not just that, a certain responsibility. And that get, makes it really murky because making things up is not up to journalistic standards. And so that's really tough. Understanding that we, and we know that the broadcast is supposed to have is it's just you're a broadcaster, you're a partner of the league and everything. But we continue to move further and further away from having clear respect for like the journalistic integrity of these things. And I don't know. I I feel like you can't be super mad at the audience when they look at you kind of sideways because you have, you know, created these level of fissures in your, in your trustworthiness. And, and the big thing that she opened up is you can kind of t- you can read in between the lines in that quote. I haven't been fired for this yet. She knows that she's a high ranking media member and will not get in trouble for this. She knew what she was thinking before she talked. The problem is for every other sideline reporter, whether that be high school, college, NFL, in the back of some people's minds, they're going to be thinking, well, is this true? Was this made up? Is this even what the coach was thinking because of? of her her actions and her words to say that she almost puts down other journalists unintentionally or maybe intentionally to where now their word isn't as valid and as respected in her space because not everyone is at the same space that Carissa Thompson is at. And and in all, she affects everybody in that space. So she, her comment, I think, did more damage than she thought it would. And I just don't think she realized the repercussions of the comments that she made on that interview. Yeah, and I, I thought it was kind of – I understand the idea of, like, I don't want to ruffle the the TV broadcast parameters because this is the thing about TV. It's a lot more regimented than it appears from the outside. But I'm with you, 682, who texts in. I don't understand why she wouldn't just report that the t- coach had no comment or that you could not have an opportunity to talk to the coach. Transparency. Um, because I feel like you could probably get this done. She's not – the hit is not – five minutes you're usually taking a few seconds and I think that you could probably fill that space elsewhere otherwise it was just a weird thing to hear today but weird flex I mean she is she is still on uh, Amazon Prime's Thursday night football coverage and all of that so um more power to her I guess uh, I found that an odd thing uh on today but as we continue to go around the NFL um you familiar with Saquon Barkley? He's a decent football player, decent football player. Yeah, um, obviously this is the running back for the Giants who is on a one-year deal that they negotiated after uh, he decided he wouldn't sign the franchise tag. Uh, it's, it's about the same cost of a franchise tag, though. It's um, one or $10 million, $10.1 million rather, that he's making this year, plus $900,000 in incentives. But the idea of him remaining with this team that drafted him, the New York Giants, has been kind of iffy, and I think it gets iffier with his quote that he gave today as um, 
he said, quote, loyalty means nothing. Ooh. Loyalty that don't mean nothing. No, no matter how loyal, no matter how committed you are, it's a business at the end of the day. That is something that I have learned. Um, I imagine, suffice it to say, that uh, ain't no hometown discounts, and he p- might not be back with the Giants next year. He don't sound happy, and why would you when you got DeVito, DeVasse, whatever his name is back there at quarterback? You know damn well it ain't no DeVasse. DeVasse would now. be pretty cool, though. Would it? Uh, is I mean, DeVito is a pretty gangster last name, I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, I just saw a clip on the way up here of his lineman facing the wrong way while he's trying to get through a run block. It, it's just turmoil down there in New York, but... You could say that for the other New York team. At the end of the day, he's getting paid big dollars, and no one forced him to sign this deal. He decided that I, I want to stay with the New York Giants and sign this one-year deal, like you just said. So he kind of put himself in this predicament. I know the running back market is very, how do you say it, not in the best place right now. So he did what was the best for him long-term or in the short-term for this year. But I, don't, I, I wouldn't see him staying with the team after this year, at least if I'm Saquon Barkley. He can get money elsewhere, especially since it was just a one-year deal. He'll still be a hot commodity on the market. Real quick, before we go on around the NFL, Trayvon Diggs, the brother of Stephon Diggs, you remember uh, during their Monday night football game, the Bills where they lost to the Broncos, Trayvon Diggs tweeted, man, 14 got to get get up out of there, meaning uh, Stephon Diggs maybe need to make his way out of Baltimore, or not Baltimore, out of a Buffalo. And that took the internet by storm. There was a lot of people commenting on that. Stefan Diggs decided to get his own comments in with reporters, and he said, quote, I'm not responsible for how other people feel. Anybody in this room, for that matter, a reporter, a player, even my own brother. I love my brother, and the space that my brother's coming from is my family. If you want to know how he feels, you'll have to take it up with him. Well, we know how he feels. There you go. And he went further to say, tread lightly when you're talking about my family. So I see it now. I actually have a little bit of a bone to pick with this. Oh, really? I don't I don't think that this is just kerfuff and just hoopla on the timeline. I think it's safe to say Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Diggs are pretty close. Would you say that, Reg? I mean, they they do seem to be close. Yes. I don't think Trayvon Diggs is tweeting that if that comes from nowhere. We already saw in the offseason Stephon Diggs and the Buffalo front office were not getting along, not showing up to OTAs and training camps late to most of that stuff. So there's already been a little bit of discomfort and not great lines over there. So when his brother's tweeting that after he had a pretty subpar game, I think there's a little bit of validity to it. And I wouldn't be surprised if Stephon Diggs is also in that Saquon Barkley um, conversation come up soon. I mentioned in the tease that Ryan Tannehill had asked out of – out of Tennessee. Well, that's how it seemed. But Ryan Tannehill has actually talked to Pro Football Network that the, the tweet from a certain Jeff Simon ESPN on Twitter saying that he wanted to be released was not necessarily true, right? A viral account does not work for ESPN. And so the idea that, you know, he had requested out, probably not true. However, I imagine that the thought process is it, there might be some validity to that. Not necessarily that he's asked out, but I can imagine that maybe he would want to ask out because there are teams that are looking for quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill def, definitely wants to be a starter. I can imagine that if he found his way out on waivers that he could maybe just maybe find a place to play. Hello, Cleveland. Well, there, when there's smoke, there's fire. Going back to the last thing we were just talking about a couple seconds ago with the Diggs brothers, I don't think, like you said, that he necessarily went up to a reporter or even the front office and said, I don't want to play for this team anymore. 
but he probably isn't the happiest seeing Will Levis and his starting role over there. And like you just said. Well, it's the, not his starting role. It's Will Levis' at this point. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Will Levis taking his starting role. And like you just said, the Cleveland Browns need a quarterback. There's a veteran sitting on the bench. And we didn't even mention him yesterday going through quarterbacks that Cleveland can use. I, I th- Or did you mention him? I, th- I think that's the best spot that you could probably put a guy like that is on Cleveland. That's how we go around the NFL right here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next... We'll go into some early NBA rookie rankings. Where does Derek Lively fit amongst the best of the rooks? We'll do that next on 105 Through the Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 